hold me back Hold on, but don't hold me back You just hold on Don't bring that trouble with you. Don't bring that trouble with you. Big time playing some big time games, and that's what we did, baby. Yes, sir. I found a way around you. Don't take me higher. Last time away, I loved you. Just wind up tired. I'm laying what I need to carry you through it. Stay back and get on track, cause I can't have you hurt. I said, hold on, but don't hold me back. Hold on, but don't hold me back. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Backyard Football Podcast. As always, I'm Nick Hossalter. I'm Caleb Yager. And I'm Nathan Grella, behind the scenes. You can see yes. me on there. This is pretty cool, the good, nice little setup we got here. Yeah, Very we're excited. doing things a little different this year. And first of all, I'm just going to tell you guys all the new and exciting things that are going to happen next year. So first of all, as you can see, uh, we are doing a video recording now, which will eventually be live streamed. So that's something to look forward to. Um, we're going to be doing two shows a week, one on Saturday morning and one on Tuesday afternoon. So you can either catch the live stream or all this video and audio will be posted in the usual places. We also have a lot of new show members. Um, you can see Caleb Yager. He already mm -hmm. introduced himself. Um, behind the scenes, we've got a new production guy, Josh Pointexter. And he's sitting right next to me right now, uh, shadowing me, learning how to do all this. He is. So hopefully he'll be um, on the small little webcam, and I'll be on the regular camera, and we'll be able to see me talking here. But today we're I'm back here producing, so it's going to be a full stack of... A full plate for me. He is our new prodigy, and he has a lot of experience running sound stuff. So he's just figuring out how the show works, and then pretty soon he'll be doing all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Also, in our coverage team, we have Carter Newcomb coming in, Jeremiah Miller, Joe Vinzel, and Alex Hughes. Some former players. Yeah, lots of former players. So we're getting a lot of experience. And because of all these new players new experience, we're also going to be covering the Big Eight. So we've got Bell Vernon in now. We've got Thomas Jefferson, all those teams. So Former state champions, of course. That's right. So we are expanding our coverage. Um, we are now doing three to five games a week. So not just one anymore. It's going to be really awesome. And as I said, two shows a week during the season. Uh, we are also going to have post-game interviews with players, and those will be videos. So you can see all the raw motion on their faces and everything. And we have a whole list of off-season interviews. Uh, this is really cool. So first of all, we have former West Green player Jeremiah Miller. He's going to be on the podcast. Um, then we have former Brownsville and current coach at Brownsville, Quentin Mapstone. Um, after that, we have a PA Football News Charleroi correspondent, Jeremiah Miller, who's going to come, or excuse me, Peyton Trollinger. I'm We're so sorry, sorry, Peyton. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Peyton. I'm looking at the wrong names here. So he's going to come on the show and talk a little bit about Charleroi and what they're doing over there in a little more yep. detail. And then later in the summer, I believe he's also going to come on and help us preview uh, the, sh the Cougar season as well. So might, might have he he it'll probably be a call-in for him. So that's exciting to look forward to. Yeah, so any Charleroi fans out there, you're going to get a lot of coverage this year. And then we also have a reporter for the Observer Reporter. He's a writer, Tyler Goodwin. Godie. Godwin. Godwin, legend. 
Uh, he's, he's the sports infor- assistant sports information director at Waynesburg, but he also writes a column each weekend for the Observer Reporter, um, and he's just a, a really solid reporter. He's always there. I saw him there uh, at a couple different stadiums uh, last year, so it'll be exciting to have him on the podcast. Um, he's a little bit newer to this, so it'll be interesting to kind of compare pers- perspectives with him because last year was his first year covering football as well. So, Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. And then the big reveal, um, one that all of you will be excited for. I know Nathan and I certainly weren't, Will and Caleb and Josh. The Washington High School Assistant Athletic Director and Defensive Coordinator, Chase Johnston. Chase. And I had a chance to interview him for an article a couple weeks back, and I thought I did an all right job here. It was a little bit of a Q&A about him taking the job at wash high and being the new defensive coordinator that was before he got promoted to assistant athletic director so definitely exciting promotion for him um and it'll be fun to have him on the podcast as well he's definitely a fun personality here at waynesburg absolutely and washington was one of the teams that we covered a lot last year Mm -hmm. so it's going to be really exciting to have somebody on the inside maybe give us a little more detail than we had last year um, also, after that, uh, starting on May 26th, we are going to do a weekly episode covering a preview of two teams in each show, and that is going to run all the way through the summer, and then we will have our full season preview on August 18th. Um, we're going to have our Hombres Alert episode on August 23rd, we tell you who all the biggest and baddest players that we cover are, and then our first live stream will be August 30th, where we preview the first week week of football action so we have a loaded slate from here until the end of the year there's going to be lots of content so make sure you stay updated and we'll keep you guys up to date on all this stuff as we go through our shows so that's what we're looking forward to next year and now we can get into the real action all right so um first item of news here uh we basically ended we did a little thing um before the season ended uh, last year called our reclassification guide to the galaxy where all of the reclassific- reclassification numbers were listed and we kind of tried to predict um, who was going where and we were basically right now they went about it in a weird way they thought that they might go like um, local teams playing local teams kind of so like Laurel Highlands and Uniontown and all those teams would play like Brownsville or Ch- Charleroi like everybody would be grouped together so everyone in your conference would play like uh, local teams around the area and that plan fell through um, at the PIAA level Uh, that proposal was not accepted and they ended up going with the same system they had for the last two years only with the reclassification numbers added so we got a couple moves if Caleb you want to recap those all right Um, the reclassification yay overall thoughts so um, we have uh, for 1A, we have West Green, California, uh, Manesson, Bentworth, Mabletown, Avella, Jefferson Morgan, and Carmichael's uh, just moved recently down to, uh, to 1A. And looking at, this new, uh, looking at this new setup here, what are you guys most excited for? Which, which match between uh, these 1A uh, teams are you most excited for and why? Nathan, we'll start with you. Um, I think <laughs> probably the easiest answer is the one at the end of the year. Uh, big rivalry game returns. Jefferson Morgan playing Carmichael's. 
Uh, Carmichael's is said to have an outstanding year. If all you guys have seen some of their returning players, they lose Kevin Kelly at quarterback. That's going to be a big loss for them. But if they're able to, you know, retain that, I think they're considering moving their wide receiver to quarterback, adding a little bit extra layer of athleticism at that position for them. And th their game with Jefferson Morgan, I think, is easily the most anticipated for me. I don't know about you, but uh, Jonathan Wolf returning for Jefferson Morgan. A lot of um, Liam, Liam Ankrum, that second running back. Uh, Cole, uh, not Cole Fowler. Um, their, their quarterback, the name is escaping me, returns for Jefferson Morgan as well. Um, that That's just a big matchup. Two really powerful offenses with a lot of good players playing against each other. And with every... Everyone that West Green is losing, everyone that California is losing, I think those two, those two programs are really going to rise to the top as far as the Tri-County South. Yeah, and last year, you know, Carmichael's really struggled, but as we said, they bumped down into 1A. Uh, they're now in the Tri-County South. And um, I know we liked Carmichael's towards the end of the year. Uh, they were, it seemed like they were making some improvements. They were doing some of the right things. So they have some momentum going into this year, and the fact that they're going to play teams that are a little smaller, maybe a little more manageable for them, is very exciting. Um, I think for me, the most exciting matchup is Jefferson Morgan versus West Green. Um, I know we talked about how much talent West Green's losing. You know, obviously Ben Jackson comes to mind. He is their program's leading rusher all time. And anytime that happens, you're going to have a drop off. I mean, that's just unavoidable. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to find talent like that again. But. I, you know, they still have a tradition of excellence, and I think high school football, it's interesting to see, you know, those teams, when they lose a player like that, how do they respond? You know, a team like West Green, a team like Washington even, that has tra a tradition of excellence that has built up a bit of a reputation over the last couple of years, those are the teams that you're looking for, and I'm really interested to see what they do against Jefferson Morgan, especially because we talked about how good of a running back Wolf is, he's coming back, and so now you're kind of looking at, well, is Wolf the new Ben Jackson? Um, I don't think he's going to be as good. Uh, it's hard to be. Um, I don't think anyone's going to be as good as Ben Jackson for a long time. But he sort of fits that prototype. And so it'll be interesting to see uh, West Green play against someone as talented as Wolf, maybe get a taste of their own medicine. So that's a matchup I'm looking forward to next year. Yeah, I kind of agree with Nick. Um, I, I put West Green in there. Um, West Green, yeah, losing Ben Jackson is going to be a real killer. Um, but like you said, I mean, they have a tradition of excellence. I mean, they crushed the competition last year um, in their division. It's, it, they just rolled past everyone. And I'm going to say West Green versus Carmichael's because Carmichael's moving down. Um, it's really going to test West Green and test how, uh, how good they really are. And, you know, West Green can take anybody um, in their division. But, you know, with Carmichael's coming down, it's going to be a real test to see, hmm, can they really beat these guys? So West Green versus Carmichael's for me. Yeah, I think that's kind of a prove-it game for both schools, you know. Yeah. Uh, Jefferson Morgan, you know, Carmichael's is probably still bigger than uh, West Green, you know. Um, and so West Green's trying to prove themselves against a team that was 2A last year. That would certainly look like a nice win. Carmichael's coming in trying to take out the champs from last year. That's going to be a great match. All right, moving on to 2A, the interstate. We, we've got... Washington, we've got McGuffey, Waynesburg Central moves down um, into 2A. Um, Frazier, we got Beth Center, uh, Chartiers Houston, and Charleroi. Uh, let's give let's give it again. What are you most excited for and why, Nathan? We'll start with you. Um, I think the return of Waynesburg Central to this division just adds a whole new layer of rivalries that can be benefited of 
the biggest one being the return of the Wash Iowa Waynesburg Central rivalry, which we saw flourish in the late 80s, early 90s in this area. Maybe you see that return again. Both of these teams are really intriguing because they both lose just about everyone oh, yeah. on their team. Waynesburg Central Huge. lost probably like 20 seniors. Um, Wash High didn't even barely had 20 players on their team last year and they lost most of them as seniors as well so two programs that are rebuilding I think that makes that matchup really intriguing for me I think if you could see how maybe an acquisition like Chase Johnston can work with a defense that's losing all those big bruisers up front like Gerald Comedy, Zakai Marshall they're all gone they're all going to division one two colleges um, how can they recover from that they got there were a couple defensive line backups that got playing time last year. Guys like Cameron Carter-Green are coming back. Um, how do those guys transition into a starting role? I think it's really intriguing. And they're playing against a Waynesburg Central team that they're refilling just about every spot on the roster, so you don't really know how good they're going to be. Waynesburg Central has kind of a tendency when you look at them saying, oh, they're, they're kind of weak on both offensive and defensive lines. So I think Waynesburg Central playing against Wash High, this is the perfect time for them to pull that maybe an upset. Yeah, for them. and we were talking about uh, the show at just at dinner earlier. You said how um, Waynesburg pretty much loses more people than any of the other teams recovering. And so that's going to be such a big storyline going into that game. It's going to be very interesting. And honestly, there's a lot of parallels between Wash High versus McGuff or Wash versus Waynesburg Central, and what we talked about earlier in um, um, in Carmichael's versus West Green. You know, it's kind of a school that sort of struggled at a higher level, but they had a little bit of success at the end. They're bumping down to take on the defending champs. So I think that's obviously a good storyline. Um, for me personally, I'm looking forward to Wash High versus McGuffey. Um, that wasn't as good of a game last year as we thought it would be. Um, it was for a while, and then Wash High pulled out at the end. Um, which wasn't surprising because they had so much talent. But as we talked about, they're losing so much. And McGuffey, um, you know, they lose their quarterback. That's always going to hurt you. But they have a lot of talent returning. You know, McKinley Whipke's coming back. And so I think this is really their year. Um, last year was not their year. Wash High was just too talented. You know, the fact that that's such a passionate rivalry, I'm really excited to watch that at the end of the year. Yeah, that Wash High-McGuffey game, um, if you looked at the rosters and you look at simply the size of the schools, um, when we went to, we saw them at McGuffey. McGuffey just had their roster just filled, and uh, it, it Wash High, you know, they had they jumped out to a 14 nothing lead, and then eventually McGuffey came back and the crowd was hyped. But then Wash High just kind of just took the game from there. With Washington losing a lot of that, I, I agree with Wash High McGuffey, um, but also keep an eye on Chartier's Houston. They have a they kind of a good young core there. Um, and they played, I remember they played uh, Jefferson Morgan. They, they beat them significantly at home. So keep an eye on Chartier's Houston with, you know, Waynesburg Central losing guys, Wash High yeah. losing guys. I mean, Chartier's Houston can really make a run. Another team you definitely also want to keep your eye on, I think. People keep calling me crazy for thinking this team is going to be good. The Frazier Commodores oh, yeah. return 12 Absolutely. contributors on both sides of the ball. Oh, um, yeah. They return their starting quarterback who's entering into his junior year. They return wow. Kenny Fine, who's probably the most talented player in the, this whole segment of the state, in my opinion. Um, they, we, we criticized them last year for having a weaker offensive and defensive line, and they return everyone from there. They got a bevy of weapons to aid Boggs um, at quarterback. So I think Frazier could be kind of this 
kind of this dark horse candidate that gets some traction. Now they have a tough schedule. Um, mostly everyone in the interstate, and this is something that we haven't talked about yet with the, the two, with this interstate, is that there's only seven teams. So to play ten games, you're either going to have a bye or an extra or an extra out of conference game. And that extra out of conference game for Frazier, there are only two teams in there that have them. Uh, that extra out of conference game for Frazier turned out to be Ligonier Valley Oof. at home. So, how is that game gonna affect their season? Because it's you know it's like four weeks into the year. How is that game gonna affect the outcome of their year heading into conference play? Because I don't think they win that game. Um, there's not a there's not a high success rate in that game. Do they take any positives of that out of that game and move forward with it and entering conference play? Because I think that could be a big killer for them. Yeah, and you know, Frazier was getting hot at the right time last year. Um, we went to the Frazier versus Brownsville game and saw them really turn it on. So there's a lot of potential, you know. And when you see that kind of potential, you see that kind of momentum in the second half of the year. You know, you see all the players that Washington's losing. You see all the players that Waynesburg Central's losing. You see the fact that McGuffey lost their quarterback, you know. It seems like this is a very good opportunity for Frazier if they didn't have such a difficult schedule. Um, so I think, yeah, I definitely think Frazier and, and Chartiers Houston could make some noise in the 2A in the interstate. Mm. Definitely 2A interstate is going to be really interesting in this upcoming year. We'll see how those dynamics play out. And over and we're going over to the Big 8 4A. Uh, we got Bell Vernon, Laurel, uh, Laurel Highlands, McKeesport Ringgold, uh, Thomas Jefferson, uh, Trinity, Uniontown, and West Mifflin. Well, Nick, let's start with you. Who are you most excited for? You know, I'm going with Bell Vernon versus McKeesport. I mean, I know uh, TJ just won a state championship last year, right? So, obviously, you would think that I would have to pick Thomas Jefferson for one of these games. But at the same time, you know, I'm interested to see who's going to challenge them. You know, is it going to be Bell Vernon like last year? Are they going to end up meeting in the playoffs in this big rivalry game again? Or is McKeesport going to be able to gain some ground? You know, it's really a big battle for the second and third spots. So, I'm, I'm interested to see what that's going to be like. Nathan? And I'm going to change my answer. I completely agree with you, Nick. Um, adding McKeesport to the Big 8 is a huge benefit to Bell Vernon because they get that extra. You know, there's not a huge gap between West Mifflin and McKeesport, but there there's a, is a little bit of a gap. I think McKeesport is a little bit better. They return a lot of juniors from their team last year. Um, bringing back that experience, I think, will aid McKeesport. Maybe becoming that second team. Listen, no one's going to challenge Thomas Jefferson for the Big Eight. Um, it's look just about every year. It's like West Green was last year. Thomas Jefferson is going to win this conference, but having that extra team to challenge Bell Vernon to give Mel Bell Vernon a game, I think, is going to be really intriguing. Um, and that's a game that I I I'm looking forward to personally. I know McKeesport oh, yeah. only lost by seven in the playoffs to Gateway, who ended up yep. going to what the Pennsylvania state quarterfinals or something like that so they're they're a team to be very excited for i think yeah i'm, I'm really looking forward to that game i'm i'm honestly i'm really excited to get into the big eight in general um see some bigger schools with a little more uh diversity in terms of what they can do on both sides of the ball in terms of the athletes they can have you know yeah. it's, it's going to be fun to cover a, a bit of a wider range of football this year yeah belvern and mckeesport that's going to be interesting do you guys do you guys know how much west mifflin is losing um, um, they're losing a lot of seniors as well. Um, okay. A lot of a lot of skill position players they're losing, and we'll talk about this later when we go into our um, our college 
announcement, but I think West Mif- West Mifflin is one of the probably three teams that are losing the most seniors up there with California and what Waynesburg Central. But th- there's their quarterback wasn't a senior, was he? Um, I believe was yes. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Because they had a really they had a really talented core guys. Yeah, there, and, and they, 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 they tragically was shot during the season or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember they played Trinity and handled them with ease. Um, West Mifflin, depending on how much they they lose, would be definitely good competition as well. Yeah. And well, man, we I guess out of all the teams here, the only one that we covered is Trinity. So. I mean, we we talked about Laurel Highlands and Uniontown yeah. before the season last year, and that didn't turn out very well because they weren't very good. And I don't think they'll be very good next year as well. But um, it, we we'll talk about them because they're 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 interesting teams at least. I mean, you look at a team like Mapletown or Avella, it they're not extremely interesting because you know there's not really a chance of them winning the conference or like. I don't know. There's not enough players for them to be interesting. There's not enough information. Yeah. Um. But with teams like Laurel Highlands and Uniontown, they have fans. Like they're they're passionate about their teams, although they're not very good, and that makes them interesting to talk about. Yeah, and, and it's more likely that they'll get a couple good players every once in a while that can really make a big difference. Because you know, in high school football, having one or two great players means so much. You know, I mean, we saw that with Ben Jackson last year. You know, he was able to. I mean, for sure. West Green had a really talented team. They had a great defensive line. You know, they had a good team all around. But Ben Jackson was the heart and soul of that team. And especially at the lower levels, you know, 1A, 2A, even up to 4A, if you have one or two guys that are just dominant at their position, it can make such a big difference. And then to answer your question, Caleb, West Mifflin had 14 seniors graduate. Oh, wow. All starters. Oh, wow. That's, and That's a huge hit. Oh, yeah. That's... Over half the starters on the team gone. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so let's move into talk. Um, we kind of talked about this already with the schedule release. We talked about our favorite games going into it. Um, but I wanted to have a little bit of a discussion with this seven-team interstate because we debated them adding Ligonier Valley into it, and that ended up not happening. They, they went with a nine-team a nine team conference and a seven-team conference. Um, and that ended up creating this little bit of difficulty because you gotta have, you you gotta have uh, ten weeks of the season, right? Yep. So there's this open spot in the, each interstate team's um, uh, schedule. So do you think I, I'm assuming that most of those spots are probably gonna get filled up, but between now and the end of the and when the season starts, but I don't know. Do you support? Um, high school teams having that, keeping that by, or maybe adding a tough out of conference schedule, because like Frazier again, I mentioned it earlier, Ligonier Valley, that's going to be a key moment in their season, uh, and you'd hate for that to just completely destroy their team an out of conference game four weeks into the year, where you probably might be having a buy, where another team might be having a buy. How does that affect your team compared to another's? Yeah, and I mean. That's that's really difficult. I feel like it would be nice if they decided on an all-or-nothing sort of thing. As in, if the conference mm-hmm. said, we're all going to have a bye or we're all going to play an out-of-conference. I just feel like it's unfair to, to teams on both sides, whether they have a bye or an out-of-conference. You know, that, that variation just messes, especially in high school. You know, there's only 10 games in the season. It shouldn't be that difficult to fill. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm not... 
I'm not convinced either way about which is better mm -hmm. for a team, you know. Obviously, that could be a big momentum builder if you have an out-of-conference game. You, know, you can pick up a win without having quite as much risk. But at the same time, like you said, that could also destroy a team's confidence, you know. Um, but at the same time, a buy can be very dangerous, you know, if you're not staying fresh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. It's got to be all in or all out. Um, it, it would be kind of unfair to incorporate, all right, this team gets this, this team gets this. And I mean, like, yeah. it, it's got to be in or out. Um, and then the and other team that uh, relinquished their bye was Beth Center, who is taking on Elizabeth Forward at home. Uh, that's a 3A school who makes the playoffs on a consistent basis every year. Um, that's going to be a loss for them as well. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult subject to talk about because – you know, it could really make or break a team season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, going back to the like a bye or an out of conference game, it, depending on the season, you know, some if it's toward the beginning of the season, I mean, like if it would work out for some of those teams, like yeah, that'd be nice. But what if you have an out of conference game, you know, right at the end of the season, you guys are getting momentum and you guys you guys get injuries, you know, that's yeah. that's gonna be uh, that that's risky. I mean, I don't I don't know so. You got to question why they didn't just add Ligonier Valley. You know, did we ever get any sort of explanation on that, Nathan? Um, not really. I'm assuming it's due to location. Ligonier Valley is closer out there with Derry and you know th yeah. that area of Pennsylvania, and that's that's n that's not a stone's throw away from Fraser. It's not as far away as you think, but it's still a little bit of a drive from a I don't know a team like Waynesburg Central. What, like an hour and a half. Like from Waynesburg Two Central hours. to to uh, Ligonier Valley, yeah. yeah, probably. So, yeah, and I guess teams aren't as used to that with the lower lower levels. I mean, Nathan and I can attest. State College has to drive like an hour and a half, two hours to all their games because we're out in the middle of nowhere, and there's no other. There's not really a lot of big teams around us, so that's something we're used to. That's something the coaches are used to, and perhaps most importantly, that's something the fans are used to. You know, it's not a playoff game, but you're still going to drive two hours. But with these teams, they're playing local teams. You know, it, they have a tradition of playing local teams. You know, it might not fly very well. They might not get a lot of support going out all mm -hmm. the way out to Ligonier Valley. But at the same time, you know, how many parents are going to want to go see their 2A school, which finished near the bottom or at the bottom, play a 3A school that's going to the playoffs, you know? Yeah. I mean, especially if it's a long distance away, then it's like, eh. you know. Yeah. So we're just looking at the schedule. I linked it in the script for all you guys. Um, um, are there any out-of-conference games that you guys are excited or looking forward to in the at first two weeks? Um, it's not in the first two weeks, but again, I meant the Ligonier Valley Frazier matchup. I am very excited to see uh, another one. I'm excited to see uh, McGuffey taking on Storox at home. Mm. That's going to be an intriguing matchup. I know Storox. Oh, yeah. Made it pretty far in the 1A playoffs. How does that transition to 2A impact their school? Um, and then taking on McGuffey, which is, you know, a much bigger school than them. Uh, McGuffey almost moved up into 3A. They were, what, five players away from doing so. Mm. Um, that's yeah. an intriguing matchup for me because Storox has, you know, they got a ton of weapons. They're very athletic. McGuffey has, you know, Mc McKinley Whipke is not taking sweeps on the outside. I'm, I'll tell you that. He's a he's a big back. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I yeah yeah seeing those those contrasting styles I think could be interesting. Yeah, looking ahead, so you said uh, Stowe Rocks. Um, Stowe Rocks was a very interesting team. They had th- their quarterback kind of reminded me uh, from the guy from West Mifflin. It was a very uh, very agile, very uh, quick quarterback. I believe um, he graduated, but don't go oh, okay. on that. Okay, and he he had a decent arm. Um, but going up against like a big school like McGuffey, um, uh, they reminded me of also Wash High. But um, I think that would be very interesting. Uh, McGuffey and uh, Stowe Rocks, who did uh, they beat West Green to go into the single life final. So that was that was interesting. And then going into 4A, there's a couple interesting matchups as well. Bell Vernon at home against Chartiers Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Woodland Hills, McKeesport at the Wolverina, Western PA versus everybody. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm really excited for that game. That's going to be a fun one. I, I wish I could go to that. Uh, it's probably going to be because you know they have that tournament on like what a Saturday, so that game yep. is going to be the Friday game, and then they're yeah. going to have their tournament on the next day there. Yeah. So that'll be a fun game. Usually Woodland Hills plays in the tournament, but I guess that's not how it's going. They're opening up with a Whipple matchup, uh, but. Thomas Jefferson Gateway, Ooh. my goodness, <laughs> what a Fireworks. what a great matchup! Yeah. Exactly, yeah. people are gonna. That's gonna be probably the most popular game week one out of any any game in the Whippeal. Um, a lot of eyes will be there. Uh, any thoughts on any of those? I mean, I think you've pretty much covered it. There's mm-hmm. just, you know, that's one thing that's nice about high school football as compared to college. I guess, you know. Like, you don't get a lot of uh, teams that are playing, like, incredibly uh, – well, not every big team is going to play an inferior team week one. You know, you have some matchups where, you know, these coaches have to be telling their players, you know, they're coming into their camp in August, you know, mid to late August. And, you know, we've – you know, for Thomas Jefferson, we have gateway. Like, yes, we won the state championship last year, but you have to be motivated right now because, you know, if you let your guard down, this is an easily losable game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you, if you just put easy, you know, easy games in the first week, all easy games, then it's going to be like, oh, all right. But then giving a giving a little bit of spice to it, that's that's what makes it interesting. Oh yeah. And then um, I didn't want to gloss over this either. Bell Vernon at Penn Trafford, week two, another great game, another solid matchup between two playoff teams. Um, I believe Penn Trafford is, uh, yeah, yeah, they're four. I right? never mind. Um, but yeah, four 4A is filled with great matchups weeks one and two, and then dropping down into two A, um, we were discussing this at dinner. Uh, Washington versus De- Jefferson Morgan. I when the schedule came out, I said, look at that game. Jefferson Morgan going into this season has a ton of seniors coming back. Jonathan Wolf is probably going to be the most experienced and best player on the field in that game. So. It's very possible. It, yes. If the Rockets want to come out and make a statement to Whippeal football right away, that is the game to do it. Washington, you know, they're gonna. It's gonna be the first start for most of that team. It's not gonna be the fir- first start for most of the Rockets team. I, I know it's one A versus two A, but I, am I insane to think that Jefferson Morgan can pull this upset? Who's the uh, head coach at Jefferson Morgan? Uh, uh, Aaron Giorgi, I believe. Aaron okay. Yeah, I mean, it, this could definitely be a trap game for Washington. You know, mm. they're coming off of that pretty disappointing loss versus Avonworth that Nathan and I were at. You know, that was the last game for a lot of their players. You know, so they have they have the confidence of a, a true dynasty. I mean, 
This is a team that's in the playoffs all the time. You know, if they're if they're looking over this game, I think that could be dangerous. Um, I'd say Washington probably wins seven or eight times out of ten. Um, I mean, they could be looking forward to that Clinton game that we gaffed is what I'm saying. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. You know, I, I definitely – I wouldn't be surprised if Jefferson Morgan wins. Uh, I wouldn't – I wouldn't pick them to win, I don't think, just because, I mean, yes, I understand the, the experience levels, um, but it's very winnable. Let's put it that way. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if Jefferson Morgan won. I wouldn't be surprised if Washington won. I mean, you look at Washington's, you know, returning players, there's not a lot of production coming back. I mean, Michael Allen is maybe the most experienced Probably, player coming back. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. you know, Tayshawn Levy. But like quarterback Zach Swartz gone, um, receiver Zemir receiver Zamir Robinson, Robinson gone. gone yeah. He probably took most of the handoffs last year anyway. Dylan Asbury's gone, even though he didn't play last year. Um, Comedy gone, Marshall gone, um, Chase Mitchell gone to Liberty University. Yeah, D one. That's big time. Isaiah Edwards is going to Wheeling. Half their team's going to Wheeling, by yeah. the way. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll talk about that exactly. In a the, there's so many unknowns. I, is Cameron Carter Green gonna turn into, you know, is Zakai Marshall last year? Is a is a is I think that's a good question. Could Zach Dolan become the mainstay of a new Washington defensive line? These are all questions that we're not gonna know the answer to until they play Jefferson Morgan. Jefferson Morgan, not a very you know heavy team um, on that's, either that's of the lines, the but truth, yeah. Jonathan Wolf is a man and he, and he doesn't have to do it all himself because he has a quarterback that is willing to throw the football. He's got a run, another running back that can get as many yards as he can. So I, I, I'm starting to lead rockets here. You call me crazy, but this is it's very intriguing. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking a lot about this game, uh, in our, uh, for first week preview. So this is not the end of the discussion, and perhaps we'll get some more information on the offseason and have a more accurate representation for you guys. And and, and probably another game that probably merits more, more discussion between us, Frazier versus Brentwood. Frazier's got a great home schedule this year. It's ridiculous. Brentwood and Ligonier Valley. Um, Frazier's going to be underdogs for this game for sure. Brentwood's going to be coming, you know, their last game is against Wash High. Losing on a last-second interception or whatever. Yeah. Um, man, that that's an interesting matchup for me. Uh, I, that's a chance for Frazier to come out and show that, hey, you know, we're not fakers. We got all this hype in the offseason. Because I'm yeah. sure as, as people start to realize what Frazier's bringing back, um, there's going to be a little bit of momentum behind the Commodores. Oh, I'd say more than a little bit. But if there's anything that could kill that momentum, it's a, a week one matchup against a team as talented as Brentwood. So they're going to have to really make sure that they're preparing. And, you know, if they do lose that game, which is very possible, you know, you just have to accept the fact that you lost to a team that was right up there in the playoffs, you know, playing against a team as talented as Washington. Um, so hope for the win. But I think if, if, if that's a loss on the schedule, you have, to be, you have to be happy with that as long as you play well. And then probably the last game we'll talk about, New Look West Green going at Burgettstown week one. Um, I think this is the game where, you know, your your demons start to get revealed as mm -hmm. a football team. Um, 
Burgettstown is going to be a very tough matchup for West Green. Burgettstown, of course, moving down to 1A after playing in 2A last year. Uh, almost, they did make the 2A playoffs. Um, I forget who they lost to. I think they lost in the first round, but they were like the third seed um, in the playoffs. This is a game that I think <laughs> spells doom for West Green a little bit because, you know, their returning production is not that high. Uh, Nathan Orndorff was really unproven last year. He came in midseason, and he didn't get a lot of throws in uh, late in the year because it was kind of just hand the ball off to Ben Jackson, hand the ball off to, uh, you know, Casey Miller or whoever, um, and see what happened. This is kind of Nathan Orndorff. Is, is, this is his make-or-break game, I think. I th this, this is going to be a really interesting match. Um, first of all, Burkittstown lost to Riverside. Oh yeah, that the the so, uh, Cinderella of the two yeah. A. So whip you'll find. So they lost to Riverside by a touchdown. Who then went on to beat McGuffey by more than a touchdown. So if Much you want to be irresponsible and apply the transitive property of football, which is completely irresponsible, but mm -hmm. you could make the case that Burgettstown was you know played better against Riverside than McGuffey. You, you know they played better in the playoffs than McGuffey, and I think McGuffey would be a pretty terrifying draw for West Green considering you know what talent they're bringing back and stuff like that so now you're looking at a team that's possibly better than McGuffey that's going to be a really tough game is that home for them um no it's on the road on the road wow that's that's rough yeah so we'll see what happens and then West Green gets Beth Center the week after so hope you know maybe they'll mm -hmm. be able to get a little bit of rebound there if they can't live up against Burgett's yeah we'll see what how West Green really battles back this year um it's yeah be a little difficult honestly um you're gonna have to adjust. You can't can't hand the ball off the Ben Jackson anymore. I mean, and <laughs> that well, that kind of player only comes in once in a while, barely once in a while. Okay. Yeah, I was talking to Jeremiah Miller, and he said that West Green. He thinks West Green is gonna go 0 and 3 to start off the year. And I was like, I don't know. I th I see one and two, or two and one, two and one probably at the best. Um, it's just how do you rebound against a game like Burgestown? Because that's gonna be I'm tough. already kind of starting really to tough. write them off for that. Um, but Beth Center is a game that's very winnable for them. And California. California, California I'd say, is more winnable, winnable than yeah. Beth Center. Yeah. Uh, just looking at what California brings back. And we'll, we'll, we'll and, a, and as we start to transition into uh, what California brings back, here's Caleb with our off-season um, or our 2020 college commitment report here. Um We'll go class by class, team by team, discussing, you know, some of our favorite memories of all the seniors, um, most of which in 1A are not going to college, uh, mm. except for a spare few. Um, but we'll talk about them anyway. Uh, starting off with Avella, we won't spend much time on this. But they really only had two seniors because their team only had like 18 players or something like that. Uh, and Justin Dreyer and quarterback Anthony Giorgetti. I don't know anything about either of those guys because uh, mm -hmm. they went winless. So, <laughs> sorry, Avella. But uh, Bentworth, they lose their their chuck-it-all quarterback, Sean uh, oh, yes. Uh We went back and looked at the, the stats, and he had, like, what, 2,000 or 2,500 yards of passing or something? And, like, they're all in blowouts? It was ridiculous. Bentworth was, like, the air raid of all air raids last year. Yeah. And it makes sense because they don't really have anybody that can run block. So they kind of just threw it up 
for most, and he had a lot of interceptions too, which makes sense. He's um, like the famous Jameis of <laughs> of Bentworth. Yeah, California lost a lot. Yeah, California. Lot. This mm-hmm. is it, as far as their future. I think this is probably the worst thing that could have happened for them is having a senior class that was this talented last year. That kind of underachieved, had a really difficult schedule. Oh, you know, brutal. they played Laurel and Wash High, and yeah. they're out of conference, and that's just crazy. Yeah. Um, and Beth Center, which they ended up winning, uh, but they lose Lucas Qualk at running back. You know, he was kind of that, you know, Sam Rogers type, like uh, get up and Utility. go running back. You know, yeah. like that that full converted fullback type, like tough guy, and he was he was fun to watch. Um, Coach East Ryan moved to quarterback from wide receiver. I'm surprised he's not getting a lot of more college looks, but uh, he's definitely a good athlete. He can, yeah, he can move around. He um, didn't really have the offensive line to move around a lot. Yeah, he was running for his life. Yeah, especially in the West Green game. Oof. Yeah. Uh, Malik Ramsey got hurt early in the year, and we didn't see the rest of him, and that was that was a shame because he was one of the most talented players um, in this conference. Mason Watkins on the offensive line, Colin Tihonis on the offensive line. They're losing their entire offensive and le- defensive line, and that's scary. All because five they, starters. All oh, five yes. starters, and they don't have anybody to replace them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not a single soul. And, and worth yeah. mentioning that Sam Thomas is heading over to Marietta for, for yep. school. So. And by the way, um, I did my best to research all these players, but I'm, I, if I can't find your school like, and you don't have a Twitter – I'm sorry. I did the best that I could do. So if we're going to mention your name and say, like, we don't know where you're going to college just because you don't have a Twitter, and sorry. <laughs> we can only do so much. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, most of these I found on uh, um, shout-out PA Football News, uh, their commitment list. Uh, Carmichael's is losing a lot of weapons. Uh, remember, Jonathan Lilly led the team in rushing last year. Um uh, his role was kind of being transferred to Bailey Jones late in the year. Um, big man, Kevin Kelly, quarterback, really mobile, great quarterback. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten more college looks. Maybe he's going to – I'm thinking he might go Division three, uh sometime here soon. Maybe Waynesburg. We'll see. Looks like a lot – yeah, a lot of uh, key offensive guys here. There. Yeah, wide, two wide receivers, two running backs, quarterback, and two – A few moments later. All right, guys, we're back. Sorry for that awkward pause. We're having some technical issues. So last we left off, we were talking about West Green. Uh, just to recap, Ben Jackson is going to Army. Um, that is their big commitment. Um, they also lose wide receiver Austin Kraus, Colin Walker, Andrew Litton, Greg Staggers, and Brock Bedillion. Um, moving on to 2A. Waynesburg, a holy lost Batman. They are they're a lot of people. <clears throat> Um, Just about everybody that has contributed to their yeah. to their moderate to bl- quarterback, average success. Running back, running back, <laughs> tackle, uh, lineman. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they're losing their starting quarterback, two linebackers, two running backs, two offensive linemen, um, two defensive ends, two defensive linemen, a defensive tackle, a third offensive lineman, and a tight end. So. Just about everybody that contributed to their moderate to below average success. Yes. Yeah, so Waynesburg, that's a lot of pe- players to replace. Um, it's going to be difficult to transition that to success. I it's think. a good thing they moved down. Exactly. I think that, that definitely give, gave them some hope. Mm-hmm. And although Washington it doesn't have 
the most losses. They have the most commitments, that's for sure. Um, we got almost all, every one of these guys is considering going to somewhere. Um, everyone except for Martez Thomas. Everyone, ex everyone except for him is either committed or deciding between schools. Mm -hmm. So that that's exciting if you're Washington, and also kind of scary if you're Washington because there's not a whole lot of guys that replace him coming in the next season. It shows you the amount of talent they're losing. And I mean, you look at some of these schools, Liberty. Mm -hmm. That's one A. I mean, that's big time. IUP you know? is two A. Oh, or whatever. IUP is <laughs> a good a good team too, right? They they're they're pretty darn good for two A, right? Yeah, they're they're usually or a double A. Like I, I it's hard to like convert your brain to college <laughs> terminology. Yeah, division two. Like, division two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, IUP is pretty good for division two. And then Wheeling is like a brand new football team, um, <laughs> and they ended up getting them. They might they got four guys, and they might get five from Washington. Uh, yeah, they got Zamir Robinson at wide receiver, Caleb Jackson at wide receiver, Isaiah Edwards at uh, middle linebacker, Zakiah Marshall at defensive line, and they've also extended an offer to Zach Schwartz, who is deciding between Wheeling and Central Connecticut State. Moving over to McGuffey, I mean, we we have a couple guys, uh, Ty Smith and Marshall Whipke, who are uh, undecided so far. But we have C.J. Cole uh, with West Virginia University. That's going to be interesting. That's exciting if you're a McGuffey fan. Yeah. Um, you know, you never know if that translates into an offer, or if he tr tra transfers to a school that gives him an offer. Um, or maybe he just works really hard. Exactly. And gets an offer from one. West Virginia. Yeah, you know that's. That was the f my first option, but yes. That's the dream. <laughs> That's the dream right there. Yeah, but I know he's very excited to be a Mountaineer. So it's, That's exciting if you're a McGuffey fan. Another exciting thing if you're a McGuffey fan, only four seniors. The unfortunate oh. thing yeah. if you're a McGuffey fan is that that's Ty Smith, C.J. Cole, and Marshall Whipke. Uh, good thing you have Jared Johnson coming back. You have Mar McKinley Whipke coming back. Nate Yeagle leading your offense. That's a good thing, but uh, three guys that you do not want to lose for sure. But then again, you compare that to what Washington's losing as your crosstown rival. You gotta like that difference, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, Frazier, uh, they only lost three seniors, um, two of which were really the um, were effective in uh, defensive lineman Robert Murphy, who was about I remember him because he was humongous. <laughs> he was, uh, <laughs> and he was he was just like completely swallowing up Brownsville <laughs> Brownsville's offensive line in one game <laughs> just like pancaking guys yeah he like completely controlled Brownsville it was fun to watch him and he's probably the best player that they're losing Shane McGavitt was a really good you know team leader uh running back you know fullback type guy um but and they'll miss him as well uh, Charleroi, there's only one guy really going anywhere. That's Legend Davis, who we enjoyed Legend. talking about last year. He'll be attending Clarion. And then Beth Center's losing a whole host of guys. Um, Devin Dingle is probably the most notable, uh, although Beth Center had a really tough year last year after um, Colby Coons went down with an injury early, and then Andrew Bauer filled in for him the rest of the year. Um, and didn't fill in for him very well. He'll He's another senior that's going. All right, let's bump down into 4A. This is where things get real interesting. Uh, do you want to go over Bel who Bell Vernon send in to yeah, college? Yeah, Bell Vernon. Let's let's see. We got Akron, We got uh, Nolan Labuda. Is it Labuda? 
Labuda. 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 It's an Akron. Um, we got Gage. Roge. 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 Uh, Cal U. Not Rocky. too far from. Uh, not too far from here. Cameron Guess uh, going to pit. A D1. And Kicker. Also, That's pretty awesome. And uh, Hayden Barron and Larry Calloway going to RMU. Um, RMU is a D1 school as well. Um, and then we got uh, Anthony Sartich, uh, Juniata, Max Breyer, Kenyon, and finally for Bell Vernon, Andrew Paycak? Paysack. Paysack. Yeah. Um, uh, Lackawanna. See, and we're that's very a lot thankful. of contributors for Bell Vernon. For we're sure. very thankful that we have a resident expert in Bell Vernon name pronunciation yeah. in the production team. Yeah. Our, so, shout out. our producer in training is a graduate from from Bill Vernon. The school yeah. with the yellow field. I got to say we're we are very sorry uh, for all the new Bell Vernon fans. We're not usually this bad. This is just the first time we've covered your team. It's bound to be ugly. Uh we'll do a better job. Mm-hmm. We're very excited to be covering you guys. And how can you not be? I mean, they're le- losing what? 8 guys to and college. The, yeah, exactly. That that's a sign of a good team, you know? That's that's very cool. A fullback? I mean, come on, guys. Like, fullbacks. <laughs> Anytime a fullback gets an offer, that's exciting That means to me. your offense uses it a lot. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, yeah. Moving on to Laurel Highlands, they lose defensive lineman in Aaron Huey. He was the only guy that's going to college for them. Uh, McKeesport. you. Exactly. Alec, yeah. McKeesport loses Davari Robinson to Lehigh, which is a D1 school. And Anthony Biko, t- a kicker, to Cal Ligue. And then the Pennsylvania Sea Champs, they're not losing a whole lot to college, are they? Uh, no. Quarterback Shane Stump was really good for them last year. Um, I remember being very amazed watching him on TV um, at Heinz Field and then later at Hershey uh, in the state championship. He'll be going to Duquesne. Uh, Mac Duda will be attending Princeton. Daniel Diebner to IUP and Logan Danielson to IUP. So... Thomas Jefferson not losing a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty scary for yeah. everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> pretty scary. Yeah. And then West Mifflin is losing a whole lot. They're losing a lot of contributors. Oh, gosh. A lot of guys. Um, but only really one is going to college so as of yet, and that's Nikis Demery. He'll be going to Lackawanna and playing some Juco ball there. West Mifflin's losing 14 seniors. And oh, wow. so uh, they were not supremely successful last year by any means. And the fact that they are losing 14 means that that is probably not going to be the case this year. And unlike Washington, they're not bumping down. So they, they still got to play Belvern. They still got to play McKeesport and Thomas Jefferson. Well, McKeesport's new, but um, that's going to be tough for, for West Mifflin. But Even though tri- even though you, uh, Trinity is not uh, a huge powerhouse team, do you think they can compete more with West Mifflin this year? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know? Because I, I remember West Mifflin, they they handled it pretty easily at Trinity, but with all those with all the losses there, I mean, we get we'll see how uh, how Trinity does this next year. Trinity is not overly talented, mm-hmm. but they do have a lot of experience coming back. They do have a lot of guys that will that should be able to step up and play significantly. Uh, I just worry about that offense. Like that offense was atrocious last year. Oh man! Um, defensively, they looked you know solid Fine. against West, oh, yeah. West Mifflin until until yeah. Keith uh, <laughs> Demery started yeah catching bombs. But yeah, oh yeah, that was that was crazy. Yeah, and and that that offense it, it was just in bad decision making. It's just 
And of course, Uniontown, uh, Uniontown and Ringgold, neither of them are. None of them, neither of those teams are really noteworthy in any way. Um, sorry, guys. <laughs> um, I'm I'm gonna take that back. Again, you're fun to cover, but they're not. They don't have not, anybody yeah. going to going to play college ball. They're not extremely, so you know, competitive as far as beating teams like Thomas Jefferson or Bell Vernon or whatever. But, you know, you're, there are fun teams to cover. There are fun teams, you know, go to their field and see the atmosphere. I mean, moving into this conference for Uniontown, probably the best thing for them because you get to play Ringgold. You get to play yeah. Laurel Highlands. You get games that you can compete with. Um, Uniontown, I believe, was maybe 5A last year or something. That I, They weren't in this conference. Um, they weren't in the Big 8. So it, it'll be interesting to see them in there. Um I know that's a rivalry that Quentin was really looking forward to with the regional conferences. He was really looking forward to, you know, seeing Brownsville play Uniontown, which in the 70s and 80s was a big rivalry in this area. Um, but it's kind of fell in by the wayside because Brownsville High School is not as populous as Uniontown is now. Um, yeah. and that rivalry's kind of been taken away. Um, but that'll be... But seeing Uniontown play Laurel Highlands again, that'll be fun as well so seeing all the union town teams playing against each other um albert gallatin is still not in the whip uh, i think they're enjoying their exodus uh they won like four or five games last year outside the whip which are good for them because they couldn't win one inside it yeah <laughs> yeah but um looking at union town schedule uh they play south moreland at home so that's the return of one you know one of those classic rivalries uh, that'll be fun to see. So I think that wraps up this podcast, boys. Pretty much. Uh, sorry for the abrupt ending. Yeah. Um, hopefully, if if you are a player uh, that is offended that we didn't say where you went to school, let us know. We will be glad to announce it on the next podcast. Uh, we want to give you guys a shout-out for all the wonderful things you do and all the hard work. Um, so please let us know we will yeah. be glad to talk about it and we're beginning this you know february we got we got a bunch of time to grow we're looking to grow um and really expand what we're doing so we're now's excited. the time yes now's the time all right yeah. so let's plug the podcast um over christmas break we added this podcast to literally every single place you can find a podcast I'm talking Google Play Podcasts. I'm talking Spotify. I'm talking Stitcher. I'm talking TuneIn. I'm talking, you know, uh, Podchaser, Podbean. So there's no excuses. No, no excuses. You can find us literally on some pirated sites. If I don't you know are, why you if you are the one podcast. listener on Podbean, we appreciate you, and exactly. we will upload just for you. Exactly. You know, you know, we don't discriminate. We're on iHeartRadio now, so we are like we are everywhere. Um, this stream is going to be on YouTube. Um, eventually, our streams will hit Facebook. Eventually, if I have time, I'm going to cut up this podcast, you know, take the interesting bits, post it to Twitter, get lots of likes. You know, Fraser's going to be like, hey, this random kid really likes our team. So we're going to share him a couple times, and I'm going to be happy. <laughs> so it, it's going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're filming in a dorm room now. That could change too. Exactly. Yes. You oh know, my gosh. This is an interesting setup. Like literally, I'm looking at them. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is, yeah, this is not a comfortable setup. Originally, we had it set up so that you know we could 
film it and just see Nick, and then it was just the back of Caleb's head. <laughs> so hopefully you guys are enjoying seeing like them on opposite sides and like nothing in the middle. But we're we're working on it. Um, <laughs> we're sorry for the awkwardness. It'll get better. Yeah, there's a big bed behind where Nick is, and it's kind of, you know, it ca- it kind of obstructs uh, the the angle of filming. Yeah. Um, but it, this was a fun podcast to do. It's glad that we got all this gear set up. Um, yeah, uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and all of that fun streaming stuff. We're not on Instagram, and I'm probably not going to do that because like. It's not really great for sports. No, honestly. No. Um, yeah. Let me think. Oh yeah, PA football news. Western PA football does not exist anymore. Despite what my shirt says. Yeah, he's he's representing yeah. the wrong thing right now. Um, here, hold up the other shirt. Oh, gonna to the camera here. Uh, we're PA football news is our new home. So, go check out PA football news for every Pennsylvania high school football um, news thing. Uh, there, there's the shirt. PA Football News. Go check it out. Yeah. The logo is also in the top right corner if you haven't seen it in the stream for, like, whatever. Sorry, audio listeners. You just didn't understand what had just happened. But um, The point is, PA Football News. Go there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Go go look up PA Football News, and they'll, they'll get you covered. You, you, you can find out, you know, if you're looking to see all of the great college destinations that different guys around the entire Whippeal is going – that's the best place to look out. Yeah, I mean, this is Western PA football, PA football news, whatever you want to call it. This is a resource we've been using since even before we were associated uh, with Western PA football. Um, way back when we started this podcast, when it was just about State College, and we were in uh, Nathan's basement and all that before we were in college, juniors in high school, you know, many several years ago, we were using... Uh, Western PA football, PA football news as a source for information. Find out where players are going, interviews, stuff like that. So if you're into high school football, you don't have an excuse. It's really the best place around for all of your high school football needs. And we are very glad to be a part of it. Um, but we are just one of the many source uh, services they offer. So make sure to check them out. And then um, something we forgot to mention. Um, we might be setting up a Patreon soon. You know, something a little bit of a kickback for all this new technology, all this new coverage, all the new teams we're covering. You know, um, it's not, you know, it's kind of taxing to do all this, um, to organize, you know, 10 different people. Uh, But um, it's fun, and we enjoy doing it, and we like to keep doing it. So um, if we do set up a Patreon, if you guys could consider supporting us, it would be of great help <laughs> we will do it with or without your support exactly and but if you do support us you know you might get a little bit extra content so exactly we might be doing you know like a a, a post game you know in the car podcast with that would be raw reactions exactly you know perhaps we could get more content with players exactly um, um, more video content i know uh e- near the end of last year we started using the gimbal more Oh. So we started making mm. some great, you know, yeah. recap videos. Caleb is doing the gimbal again this year, uh, and he'll be Masterful. with me and Nick Masterful. every week Love at the, the best game in the backyard in backyard Pennsylvania, the best game, and we'll be doing the same thing for every single week. We'll be doing, you know, a cool recap video, and I'm still thinking, you know, we could put that recap video in the Patreon, or we could, you know, release it by itself. Um, we'll figure think, it out. You know a little bit of incentive to 
you know, for the kickback a little bit. You know, you see you see that uh your team is gonna be on the game of the week and you know, you wanna see that behind the scenes look into the players and that's how that's how you help help us help you. And that'll allow us to improve our audio quality and uh, get a better capture card and so that the the video quality and everything's better. Oh, absolutely. I hope you all are enjoying this SD quality video, but it's because of this glorious capture card that has been the source of so much pain the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, but hopefully we're looking into either upgrading that. I know Waynesburg University Sports Information Department is looking at help us that, helping us out with that. So... That'll be exciting. Any um, money that goes in the Patreon goes right into the podcast, and hopefully that will, you will see results. Uh, and maybe it allows us to go to further games. Maybe we can cover a really interesting out-of-conference game that's further away if there's a team that there's some, a really interesting matchup. You know, stuff like that. So, All right. So this has been Nathan Grella. Nick Hosshalter. And Caleb Yager. And don't forget Josh Poindexter. Um, and Josh Poindexter. Could Josh, come on. There he is. Um, thank you for listening. This has been the Backyard PA Football Podcast. Um, have a great day.